Welcome to the Ether. Today's Friday, March 31st, 2023. Today on the Ether, Lisbon and Web3. Episode 10, hosted by Based in Lisbon. Let's take a listen. GM, and welcome to another episode of Lisbon and Web3. Very happy to be here. Let's start with the setup with the speakers. It's great to, to have you here. So, uh, Luis from uh, the Chainlink community, Andre from uh, Upside, and uh, Chinamum, uh, also Sergio from uh, Herms Protocol. Welcome, everyone. It's great to have you here. Um, let's start uh, uh, by presenting ourselves. So, I'm Francisco Ribeiro, uh, the co founder of Based in Lisbon. We are a company and also a Web3 community. We support integrations of individuals and companies within the, the Portuguese ecosystem. Uh, and it's great to, to have you all here. Uh, maybe let, let's start by presenting how did you start uh, in Web3, how it all began. Uh, maybe starting with you, Luis. Yeah, GM. Uh, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be sharing these spaces with you guys so yeah my journey started back in 2018 and it's always funny to to tell my story because i didn't start through bitcoin or ethereum i actually started through dogecoin because uh, i was still in college back in the day and there were some memes on youtube about the doge that the yellow dog and eventually i got to know about the coin the dogecoin and I, I started mining it with an old uh, Toshiba I have, I have, because when I started mining, that Toshiba didn't last too long. We completely bricked the GPU, the CPU, everything. So yeah, then uh, when the markets crashed in 2018, I eventually lost a bit of interest, as most of the people did. And when the, the COVID hit again, the pandemic, I had more time to actually study more about smart contracts and even Bitcoin, because I completely jumped from Bitcoin. I went directly to meme coins, uh, to Dogecoin. So yeah, I started to learn more about smart contracts, Oracle especially, and Bitcoin, the master coin, as I like to call it. And I eventually met Chainlink which is the, the leading blockchain oracle. And I immediately fell in love with it, with it because it's blockchain agnostic. It works with everyone. It has a great community. Everyone works with Chainlink. Chainlink works with, with everyone. And for the last year, I've been working on the Chainlink community in Portugal 
doing meetups, workshops in, in colleges, universities, high schools. And my focus right now is uh, educating the next generation of builders because Web3 as a concept is very interesting. But a lot of people in Web3 are, are only there because of the trading, investing. And if we want uh, Web3 to succeed, we need engineers, we need developers, and that's my main focus right now. Oh, amazing. It's, it's uh, definitely very interesting. Of course, one of the good sides of the, the meme, meme coins is the reach, right? So a lot of people uh, enter the space through meme coins. So they actually have a bit of a purpose there. Um, it's good to see. Um, but let's let's uh, move forward. And uh, uh, another great speaker that we have here today is is Andre from Upside. Uh, please uh, tell us a bit about you and uh, how did you start in Web three? Yeah, hi. Thank you. Um, thanks, Francisco. I appreciate uh, the opportunity to speak on here today. Um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm Andy. I'm uh, consultant at Upside and also a founder of Decentralize. Um, my background is nothing to do with tech or Web3. Uh, I've been in the space for probably um, three or four years passively and then full-time Web3 for just under two years. Um, in a similar fashion, I got into crypto probably through what has turned out to be a bit of a meme coin with, uh, with Terra Luna, um, but um, probably entered the space back end of 2019. Um, Kind of passively investing uh, across a portfolio of products, you know, coins, Bitcoin, Ethereum, kind of the usual suspects, and then kind of went down the, the Terra Luna rabbit hole. Um, got caught in the hype train with it, and uh, yeah, kind of rode it all the way to the top, and then all the way back down again, as a lot of the lunatics did um, during the during the crash period. Um, but before that happened, um, a friend of mine that worked in the travel industry sold his travel business and wanted to set up a Web3 business that was focused around uh, music and helping artists get closer to their fans and also artists start to be rewarded for the content that they're creating. So I decided to help him out uh, in my spare time. That very quickly snowballed into almost a full-time job alongside the, the, the existing full-time job I had in the legacy world. I actually come from the construction industry, working with building products um, with architects and designers on, on kind of major projects. This was quite a step change for me and quite a big step in my career to, to move away from what was the corporate ladder into something quite new. Um, but I really believe in the, the future of Web3 and blockchain technology and what it can bring to multiple different sectors. Um, so yeah, founded the business. Um, and during the course of um, founding the business, I found that a lot of projects um, find a lot of dead ends. They get they you know they meet a lot of scammers. They find they come across people that say they're going to help the project, whether that's to do with tokenomics or whether that's to do with legal or accounting or whatever it might be in terms of a startup. Um, but there wasn't really a, a one stop shop, and that's where after going through those pain points myself, I came across Upside and they approached me to go and work for them. So. Yeah, kind of working across, um, uh, work full-time for Upside and then passively with uh, the decentralized team as well. Um, just keep pushing that project forward during the bear market, keep on building. So um, yeah, that's that's my journey um, so far and um, looking forward to the future and the rest of this year. Thank you for sharing. You know, very, very, very interesting. The, the business side, more the business side and starting from there. 
you know, I, I think uh, there is a huge value uh, from people coming from the, the Web 2 to Web 3 um, because normally, let's say, the, um, the, the Web 3 side, of course, we have uh, decentralization and so a lot of, uh, of um, upside, uh, but also we need still some uh, mindset from the Web 2 uh, in, in, in terms of uh, work, a professional, uh, professional work, uh, relationships. So I think uh, we also need people from Web2 to complement uh, our ecosystem. So it's, it's great to, to have you uh, with us. Uh, now we have uh, um, Sergio with us also, um, amazing tech guy here. So please share a bit of the start uh, of your journey in, in Web3. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me. So yeah, actually, uh, me and Andy have already met quite a while back uh, <laughs> because of, of Terra Luna. Um, I'll get into that in a second. Um, perhaps just before, even before that, um, I would say like my very first uh, approach or or the first time I touched, let's say, the topic of crypto was probably like 2012 or 2013 or something like that. Um, I, I have no idea how it came to me. Like, how did I find it? If it was like through Google or some other thing or someone was talking about it. Uh, but it was very early days. I remember Bitcoin was worth like uh, below 100 euros um, and you, you could very easily mine it still with laptops and, and PCs. So I, I tried doing that with my gaming computer um, for a while and it was it was fun. Uh, but that it, it, for me, it was more like a fad. So after a few months, uh, I don't know why I just disconnected from it. I think I was, uh, being overloaded with, with work and I was still, um, going through uni. Um, I did try to, <laughs> to, to, to mine, uh, some, some, to use nice hash on the, the uni for cities computers, but that didn't really work that well. I mean, it, it didn't really do anything, uh, good enough, uh, but it was a nice experiment, let's say. Um, in, in any case, um, I, I, I later on um, joined uh, one of the unicorns in Portugal called TalkDesk. I was one of the first uh, employees over there. I think I was like number 15 or something like that. And I rode the wave all the way up to 150 employees or something like that. And then I, I, I left in order to to have some more responsibility in organizing esports events in Portugal. Um, and to this day, I still believe I was the, the first esports manager in Portugal. So someone that was working full time, getting paid for it, to organize uh, esports events uh, in Portugal. And that was that was a lot of fun. And the reason I'm mentioning this as well is because I see a lot of overlap uh, between gaming and crypto. Um, not all projects are... Um, are related with one another, but I see a lot of similarities between both communities. Uh, there's there's a lot of this feeling of ownership, of friendship, uh, of, of brotherhood uh, between people in these sub-communities. Uh, like the same way you have the League of Legends or World of Warcraft communities, you have the Solana folk and the Ethereum and so on and so forth. It's, it's all very similar. 
Um, but yeah, in any case, uh, fast forward a few years, um, I was in Belgium. This was 20, so I went there in 2018. Um, and then in 2021, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, 2021, uh, I was looking for a place to put my savings. Um, because yeah, I went to, to Belgium to, to, to get some money because, you know, in Portugal, uh, if you're working for someone else, uh, it's hard to, to save money, uh, at least in Lisbon. Uh, and, uh, I, I found this, this app, uh, that was offering like 12 or 13, uh, APR on stable coins. And I felt like, okay, this is nice. But at some point it clicked to me, like, wait, if they're offering this through an app on my phone, and this is centralized because I, I never entered any seed phrases, then they must have been getting this somewhere else. Uh, so I started digging around and, and trying to find other places where I could find uh, higher APRs. In, in, in DeFi, um, and that's when I came across uh, Terra with Anchor Protocol. I actually found it before it would it would even went live. So this was like February, twenty twenty one. I think Anchor was launched either in March or April. Um, and when I wanted to ask some questions, like I had a ton of questions, like how can these guys offer twenty percent uh, APY and so on, uh, and I was, I, I, my head was riddled uh, with questions. So I, I joined their Discord uh, server, and it was a mess. Uh, it had like two or three public channels. Uh, conversation was very disorganized. Um, so uh, after I got my answers answered, and I was convinced that it was a, a good project. And honestly, to this day, I still think that Anchor Protocol wasn't a problem with, with Luna, um, FYI. And I, I never, it never crossed my mind, even after I've lost close to a million, uh, which is ridiculous for someone like me that never had more than 10,000 euros on their bank account. Uh, uh, even after losing that amount of money, I still don't believe that uh, Luna was a, was a scam. I think it was a failure, uh, but not a scam. Um, so I think it's very unfair for people that put SBF and Doquan in the same bag. Although uh, I'm not a fan of Doquan, uh, he's still a very egotistical person. But in any case, I consider just him a, a failure. Um, I mean, the, the project. I mean, in any case. Um, so after I became a fan of Anchor, uh, I wanted to help the project. I started asking people like, "Hey, this Discord is really not doing you any favors." People feel discouraged. They lose confidence because this doesn't work really well. Uh, it's not well done. Uh, so eventually um, I got to uh, Terraform Labs, which is the company behind the, the project. Um, and I and they, they, they offered me some, some money to, to build their Discord for them, uh, which I did. And apparently they did such a swell job that fast forward one and a half years later, uh, we had over 100 clients, which were basically almost all of the projects on Terra uh, that were asking us to either build their Discord servers or build their brands uh, or their websites. Uh, so that was that was basically our launch. And through that, um, in August 2021, so if you, just a few months later, I found Terra uh, and I went, we already had some clients. There was this hackathon. The, the second hackathon of Terra. And we were very excited to start building there. Um, and we realized that there was one common thing that everybody was asking us, communications, and more specifically, notifications. The, the NFT projects were asking us to, to, to be able to have a channel for sales tracking. The DAOs were asking us for a way to track governance polls. 
um, DEXs wanted to have price alerts, and so on and so forth. And in, and instead of just building one bot for every single platform, and then you know it's just uh, very very simple uh, projects, but then it had a lot of overheads. We figured, okay, let's just build a platform that can do all of this, and then people can just manage it by themselves. So that's how the idea of Hermes Protocol uh, came about. It was about reading the blockchain data in real time and triggering uh, events on Discord and Telegram whenever those events happened. And then whoever wants to subscribe to them for their communities, they could do so. Um, and yeah, now we're building a for business platform, which is a bit different uh, than this. The, the notifications, it's still in the notifications, but it's more broad. But yeah, in any case, that's, that's how it, it all started. <laughs> Thank you. No, really interesting. And uh, of course, you know, no one, no one likes to remember the, the Luna crash. You know, it was, I think it was much worse than, than anything else that happened. Um, of course, FTX was bigger in terms of volume uh, in, in USD, but Luna as a unique ecosystem, I think it was much worse for for the web3 community because i know a lot of people that were working uh, within the ecosystem and i think it was really really tough to to bypass that but uh, moving forward um now uh, that we know how uh, all the speakers started it, it's great to 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 receive your feedback uh, maybe let's start uh, to to see uh, what are you building right now and what is your plans in the near future so what are you working on right now and uh, what you intend to accomplish doing during this year maybe we can start uh, with uh, Luis please share with us yeah sure it was nice to know everyone's backstories so Right now, apart from building the Chainlink community, uh, I I also have a background in engineering, which I, I, I forgot to to say as I was too focused on Dogecoin. But, uh, but I, I was in uni for engineering, uh, biomedical engineering more specifically. And so when I finished the course and I was jumping into Web3 blockchain, all that fancy stuff, I wanted to merge my course, biomedical, with Web3, and that's when I came up with MetaCare, uh, MetaCare Health, more specifically. And what we are trying to do there is bring all the medical records to the blockchain. Why? Because myself and even some friends and some investors I've talked to, everyone has the same problem because when we travel, and this is only one of the problems, when we travel to another continent, for example, South Southeast Asia, uh, Africa, or even the Latin America, if we need to go to a dentist or hospital in that uh, country, in that continent, whatever it might be, we we always find the problem that when we enter or we, when we check in at uh, the medical facility, no one has our data. You you basically need to either bring the documents. Uh, from your own country, which some countries don't have, or you need to you need to do the whole check-in 
like uh, when you when you are entering the medical facility and what you are trying to do is is basically have all these medical records as metadata on nfts and you can display it on a qr code so while working with partners with medical facilities that are partnered with our protocol uh, when you come to a new uh, clinic or dentists, for example, I always see dentists because the dentists is a personal example because I used to have to do a lot of x-rays. And if you know, dentists don't share the x-rays with anyone. They just show it to you. Some, some give it to you through email, some don't. And if you, exchange, if you change your dentist during the process of your... Uh, of fixing your teeth in this case you, you basically need to do an x-ray again and this is a personal problem that i found that i i also want to bring all this heavy data because an x-ray is almost 10 gigabytes of data onto the blockchain so you can take it anywhere uh, around the world so if you have any problem with your health you can just show your data through a qr code the, the receptionist or the, the medic, the doctor, can have access to all your medical records and you can go on with your life in a fast way. So yeah, that's what I'm building right now. We are on a pre-seed stage. We are building, we are five, mostly developers, including me. And it's really nice. I, I incentive uh, everyone to build whatever you feel like it because building in Web3 at this stage you feel really welcome because everyone supports you. You get funds, grants. Uh, it's it's really good. So if anyone wants to build anything, uh, I think this is the moment and this is the industry to do that. Oh, now now is the time, right? Uh, let's say in 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 the bear market, um, after the um, all the opportunities uh, and all the the hype people are gone and now you can connect with the real builders and the companies themselves so now is a great time to network attend meetups uh, build connect find people to to support what you are building uh, i think it's like 100 percent the time of course the, the web3 also has uh, one good thing that normally it's very welcoming, right? But uh, of course, when we are in a different type of market uh, with more hype, it's more difficult to find the guys that are building, right? Because we receive a lot of uh, projects popping up every day, right? So it's a bit more difficult to to make to make the the selection. So I think you really now is the time and i'm always saying to the community that uh, to instead of staying and uh, staying at home or working looking at charts now is really the time to to work to build and and to connect and then uh, now andre uh, please share with us uh, your work with the upside um, and what are your targets for this year yeah sure so um yeah we've uh, we're, as a business we have been closely connected to republic crypto um the crowdfunding and consultancy firm probably one of the biggest in the space they've been responsible for 
some of the biggest token launches over the past kind of year, 18 months, the likes of DAP Radar and Seri Network, for example, and, and the Republic Note token. Um, and since spinning out into our own separate entity, um, backed by uh, Republic as one of the investors, we've, we're looking to expand our client base from just the con highly consulted projects um, that have come through Republic to um, early stage founders, projects looking to move across from the legacy world or Web2 into the Web3 environment. Um, but as we know, as a, as, as a founder myself and as a number of founders that are on this call, there's, there's, a, there's lots of problems, there's scammers, time wasters. We've, like I said earlier, we've all been down those dead ends um, trying to find connections for people that um, we hope are going to help our project um, but actually end up just wasting our time. Um, so what we're trying to do is have uh, a key group of um, strategic partners um, that we can orient these early stage founders and Web2 projects to, to get them on basically a, a, a path of success, like a semi-automated um, success path for them, basically. We get a lot of early stage founders that come to us and say, I want to launch a token, I want to you know, release a token, um, when in fact they're actually not particularly well structured to be able to do that. Um, so we're putting the foundations in place for for these projects to make their chance of success much higher. Um, so they can basically focus on their product, focus on their on their project, rather than thinking about the, the token side of things, which is it can be pretty stressful, especially when you start to think about regulation um, pressures that are coming in um, globally. So yeah, we're building this, this smart onboarding for all sorts of projects that will lead them to the core part of our business, which is designing the token architecture the smart contract work the deployment the auditing kind of all the unsexy stuff that a lot of people don't think about when it comes to launching a token um so yeah we we, we do the heavy lifting as like a one-stop shop for them but we obviously need to take those founders on a journey to get there um everything from incorporation to uh, like i say tax and accountancy even insurance we we try and um, assist with that um, so it's like a, like I say, a semi-automated consultancy service for them. Um, we call it smart on onboarding or or our dojo. Um, but really, we've been focused on some sectors um, that have really um, come to the fore over the last maybe six months, nine months. Really, since the crypto winter set in, was along. A, a, a along the way, we've seen the utility token launches massively decrease. A lot of the kind of projects that would have released a token for token sake haven't done it whether that was to you know uh, raise some revenue raise some liquidity for the project um the number of icos has dropped off the face of a cliff and 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 rightfully so during the during a bear market but what we have seen is a number of really prevalent projects and use cases come to the fore so we're really focused right now on on real estate and that can be in terms of uh funding for developers for finding different um uh, funding streams for them to tokenize or fractionalized ownership. Um, tokenized assets and funds uh, are another great use case that we're starting to see. Um, we're starting to see venture DAOs, like tokenized venture DAOs, tokenized investment funds um, approaching us from the legacy world as well. And there's still some really obvious um, growth opportunities, especially in the likes of gaming. I know that gaming has already been mentioned, but um, we attended the GDC in San Francisco, uh, I think it was last week or the week before, a couple of my colleagues went and seeing the likes of Polygon and Immutable and AVAX 
and a whole host of other um, Web3 projects attending um, a gaming conference was great to see. So there's, we're, we're quite bullish on the gaming uh, market moving into Web3 too. And in addition, we're continuing to build those strategic partnerships. Um, I know that we met uh, out in Lisbon um, when I attended the AFI Plus networking event, um, looking at, you know, launching an incubator accelerator program out there. Um, so yeah, just looking to continue to network, um, speak to as many people as possible that might be interested in our services. But essentially, you know, my, my personal goal is to um, see as many Web3 projects succeed as possible. Um, and now is the time, exactly as you said, to start building and helping these projects um, achieve greatness. Exactly. I, I agree totally. And it's really, really good to, to have you supporting uh, the event here in Lisbon in, and Portugal. Um, it's really important to, to support and help well, in whenever we can uh, the ecosystem, right? Because there are a lot of projects that start, that they have the idea with them, but then they don't have the knowledge in many other, um, uh, any other, let's say, positioning of the company, right? It's not just a tech side. You have the regulation, you have the financial strategy. So there, there are a lot, uh, when you do a project, there are a lot of sides, and that's also uh, where we we try to help uh, because we have uh, specialized web two lawyers and accountants to to support the companies here in Portugal and to support the the ecosystem. Uh, and also, you you referred and it has been interesting to hear um, some of the speakers. Uh, talk about the the gaming within Web three. Uh, from what I saw in this in this event um, in the in this uh, last month, uh, gaming has been always uh, referred, and I think it seems to be starting to to trend a bit. Uh, yesterday I was uh, at a meetup here in Lisbon, and one inch. Uh, did a whole presentation all about gaming as a new opportunities uh, from Web2 and Web3 companies on the marketing side and the next evolution or the next step to, to adoption within Web3. It seems to be really interesting. Uh, also, I don't know uh, who, who attended Ethereum Porto, but uh, one of I think probably it was the biggest side event there was uh, organized by XME uh, about uh, Web3 gaming. And uh, it, it was really, really amazing to see. So they were live uh, gaming during the event with a huge screen. So they played uh, mostly Web3 games. And it's really interesting uh, these, these, seeing this to start. So probably the, the gaming will be the next trend. Uh, of course, I'm just seeing this because of the last events, but also I also have been seeing a lot in, in the music industry. So good times coming for sure. Uh, now let's see, uh, Sergio, please share with us uh, a bit more about what is ARMS protocol and what are your targets for this year? 
Yeah, sure. Thanks. Um, so, um, at the beginning of this year, um, we we tried uh, making a, a grant proposal uh, on Terra uh, to to build a, a suite of things that we realized were needed for the ecosystem. Um, but apparently, uh, some some of the projects uh, or developers, at least, uh, or whoever people lobbied, uh, they, they didn't quite agree. So we we started branching out and see which other uh, ecosystems would be uh, interested in having the, the product that we were building uh, built first on, on their ecosystem. Um, and the first thing that uh, we that we tackled uh, or that we are trying to tackle um, on that list is uh, what I mentioned earlier, our four business uh, platforms. So essentially, um, it, it, uh, we started by by building notifications, Web3 notifications uh, for, for users, for the end users. So um, this, this was a way uh, that people would have a better user experience. Uh, they didn't have to visit the same websites over and over again uh, to, to see what mattered to them. Like if, if, if you're buying and selling NFTs every day uh, or you know every so often, uh, do you really want to have to visit the marketplace every day to see if you've sold your NFTs or, or would you, would it, wouldn't it be best if you just get a notification whenever the NFT is sold, or maybe if you have a, a domain, uh, you're alerted before it's expired or before you're liquidated. If you have a borrow position, um, those of you on Nave and Anchor Protocol <laughs> would know that quite well, I would say. Uh, that was one of our very first use cases. Um, but yeah, after we've built this, um, we realized that this was um, this was like a premium communication channel in the sense that because this was fully opt-in um people people were actively subscribing to get these things like they wanted to be notified uh for these different events and then as opposed to your email inbox where every like 90 something percent of the people i talk to they're like oh i hate email I'm forced to use email for my work, but my personal email, I check in like once a week or once a month because it's, it's so boring. Uh, I get way too much spam, regardless of how many times I unsubscribe from bullshit stuff. And I just keep getting added to these uh, email lists that are sold on the black market. Um, and basically what, what the sentiment is that people have lost trust in email. Uh, and because we were offering something that was so useful for users, our way of delivering these notifications was actually quite premium. People are looking forward to getting a ping from one of our bots. They want to know because they have asked us to know. So they're, oh shit, I got pinged by something. This is, this is really what I wanted to, to, I was waiting for this, you know? Um, so we figured, okay, well, you know, this is this is really good, and we don't want to destroy this, but this could also be useful for for other businesses. Um, so how can we create a platform that enables this experience for other businesses as well, in a way that can that it can scale? Um, because what we built initially, it doesn't quite scale that well. I mean, for first we need to support an entirely one. 
So we need to build, uh, we, we need to spin up nodes. We need to, to build uh, web sockets to, to, to plug into uh, all, the, all the data sources that we, we can find. Uh, and then we need to sometimes even use external APIs um, and it, it, gets, it can get a bit chaotic. Um, and even after we support the layer one, then we need to see, okay, this uh, DEX uses these smart contracts and these transactions for swapping uh, have this kind of structure. Um, and these NFT marketplaces, this one has auctions, this one doesn't have auctions, this one has purchases masqueraded as auctions, then it's a very um, chaotic experience. Like the, the, there aren't a lot of standards. Um, so, and we have to really understand these things at a deep level in order to build the, these native notifications. So it, uh, while it was good and the user experience was good, um, it, the project wasn't really, uh, it couldn't scale all that well. And there were several ways that we could tackle this, but we figured that we could also build something that could allow businesses to actually send out newsletters the way that they would typically use email but through their social channels, because that's where most people spend their time on. Um, people spend like orders of magnitude, more time on crypto Twitter, on Telegram and Discord compared to their inbox, their Gmail or their Outlook. It's, it's, it's not even comparable. Um, and by delivering our content straight to these platforms, that means that we are much closer to the user as well. So essentially, uh, what we are building now is a, a very similar platform to MailChimp or SendInBlue or SendGrid. So one of those platforms where you can build email campaigns, except that we don't use emails. Um, so as a business, you start by creating a contact list. Uh, you give it a name. You give it a, an icon, a logo or whatever and a short description. And then you ask people to subscribe to it. And you can ask people to subscribe via your Discord server or your Telegram community, or even your website. Uh, you just plug in an SDK. Um, and that's just a, a very, uh, very simple button that says subscribe to our lists or something like that. Um, and the person, instead of typing in their email address, they just sign the message um, with their wallet, right? Um, so what businesses get are wallet addresses. They don't get any emails. They don't get any Discord accounts or any Telegrams or anything like, like that. The only thing businesses have are wallet addresses, which, if you think about it, can even be more powerful in the sense that centralized exchanges can give you like a discount if you're subscribed to their lists. Um, um, or uh, some, some other platform can give you like an airdrop, right? So because they know um, who they are talking to and they know who is subscribed, then they can offer these Web3 incentives. But the anonymity is never broken because um, they never see anything past a wallet address. Um, and uh, for the users, this is uh, a better user experience in the sense that uh, they get to see these things where they want to. So either on Discord or Telegram or Twitter, or even inside the wallets themselves. So we're actually uh, already in discussions with several wallet providers to deliver these notifications right inside of the wallet. So if you don't like Discord or Telegram or Twitter, if you're just a Slack person or whatever, I mean, by all means, 
that's fine. You just have to use one of the supported wallets um, or one of the wallets that have integrated uh, our notification system. Um, so yeah, uh, that, that's that's what we are building. Uh, so it's a communications platform for businesses to be able to reach their uh, consumers uh, more effectively. Uh, this is actually slated to be launched within the next week or two. Uh, so we have been working for uh, uh, working only uh, for this for the past uh, almost two months. Um, it's going to support um, both Terra and Radix uh, to, to start with. Um, and the, the, the support is basically, uh, it, honestly, it, it doesn't even require um, that we support uh, LA1 specifically. So once we uh, allow you to create an account using Kepler, for example, um, then any uh, Cosmos chain is compatible. Once we enable MetaMask, any EVM business can use our platform. Uh, so that's actually, that's actually going to be one of our next steps is to enable one of these more broad um, wallet providers so that any business, regardless of where they, where they are, which chain they're using, as long as their users um, use one of the wallets that we support, uh, so Kepler Station, MetaMask, uh, XDeFi, and so on, then that means that they can already start using our platform and they can use it for newsletters. They can, they can use it for updates to their websites that they want to broadcast to people and they can use it for personalized alerts. Um, it, can, it can be like, hey, you've got a new proposal. You've got a new peer-to-peer -peer proposal. Someone wants to trade with you or something. And that this would be a feature for an NFT marketplace. Uh, but maybe some other platform that has deposits may want to tell you, hey, you just got a deposit or something like that. So any business can create these alerts uh, and, and customize them um, regardless of, of, of where they are, as long as it is with a supported wallet, uh, basically. Um, and yeah, um, that's, that's it in a nutshell. <laughs> it's amazing, you know, uh, at least from my side, um, I don't know any, any other project trying to achieve the, the same. And I think it's, it's something really, really needed and interesting because as you said, now I don't see that many people. Of course, we need, we need email normally to register events, but uh, it's only because we need to, right? So it's, it's a bit, uh, you need to have an email to register so you don't have uh, much choice. So, but uh, at the end, no one, uh, uses really the the email to to full potential uh, of course companies need to right as, as a more professional approach but in regarding to to community 100 percent uh, twitter telegram and and discord so this type of integrations is it's really needed and uh, it will be really interesting to to test it out uh, sergio with us so for sure we'll be open to it uh, and then try it um, to, to the community. Um, now, uh, we already heard uh, about ev every uh, speaker's project. It's amazing. I think th this panel, it's really, really interesting. Uh, from the, the listeners, if any, any of you has questions uh, for the speakers, you just need to, to raise your hand no problem 
and uh, ask to speak uh, and uh, the participation is is welcome um moving on uh, speaking uh, let's say a bit uh, about uh, Portugal and the, the, the Lisbon ecosystem. Uh, I know that uh, the some of you are not that integrated within the ecosystem, but I would like to to hear the the opinion of the speakers on this. Uh, so of course I'm I'm co-founder of Pays in Lisbon. So one of our jobs as a Web3 community is to support ecosystem and and help uh, the network and the, the builders to actually achieve their goals um, and let let's let's see uh, Luis what's your opinion on this and what you think uh, about the, the Portugal uh, web3 ecosystem at this time yeah so uh, first of all I want to congratulate you Francisco for having this initiative of having a consultant to help people, especially foreigners, come into Lisbon and set up all the legal stuff. But yeah, about the Portugal ecosystem, it's actually bigger than some people think. You were talking, by the way, I'm not from Lisbon. I'm from the north of Portugal, Braga. And it's not Lisbon, I know. But you were talking about ExceedMe. Uh, the gaming fest they have and that company actually is also from Braga it it's Portuguese company gaming they are really this it's really big they do a lot of competitions on mainstream video games and they are from Braga and even I didn't I, know that you know because yeah. from Braga a lot of big companies are from Braga yeah it's true even Subvisual another big company uh, Web3 Venture Fund. And then in Porto, which is not too far away from Braga, you got Taikai, the leading hackathon uh, platform. They did the, they are doing the platforms, the hackathon platforms for Ethereum Rio uh, in Brazil, Ethereum Samba in Brazil. They did for Ethereum Porto. And what I've been noticing, uh, especially as being from the north of portugal is that lisbon and portugal are two different ecosystems if i may say because in braga and porto mainly the, the other two big cities uh, we have all these companies people working together mainly portuguese guys and then the ecosystem in lisbon is like a parallel ecosystem uh, that's for for instance you just you just told me that you didn't even know that exceed me is from the north of portugal and it shouldn't be like this because we are all portuguese it's a very small country uh, smaller than most in europe and the fact that we have big companies in crypto in portugal and we don't even know they were portuguese or in another another city it's it's really it's not concerning but it's interesting and I think... Yeah, I totally agree, you know, because yeah. I think one of the reasons uh, just to, to, to give a background to, to everyone else hearing so what, what happened uh, to the, the start of the Web3 ecosystem in Portugal. So the, the main builders and the main Portuguese companies that started within Web3 were all from Braga, right? 
Mm-hmm. And um, it started in Braga and also uh, a bit in, in Porto. In Lisbon, we just, we were the open door for, for the foreigners, right? So in mm-hmm. Lisbon, if you try to find Portuguese builders, it's difficult <laughs> to find them, right? But if you go to Braga or Porto, uh, you can, there are a lot, really. So the Portuguese builders are um, mostly from the north. And uh, Ethereum Porto was really amazing and a special event because comparing to ETH Lisbon and another hackathons in, in Lisbon, uh, normally we do, you do not, do not see uh, many Portuguese there, right? And ETH Porto, it was almost 50-50. Very interesting uh, with the local people, really amazing. I think it was a very special event. Uh, diff- different from any other here in Lisbon. Of course, it, it was not that big, but also because of that, it, it had a, a special sense of integration. You could speak with everybody calmly, um, and it was different, let's say, just like this. Yeah, it's true. And by being from outside of Lisbon, I can leverage my distance so i can build the community all the way down to lisbon and even algarve algarve doesn't really have a web3 ecosystem but it has a lot of uh, foreigners so my next step i've told chainlink this my next step is do like a, a meetup or a hackathon or something down there by the by the ocean in albufeira uh, whatever because we need to really expand the portuguese ecosystem all the way from lisbon to Braga, to Algarve, because it's, our country has a lot of potential. And I would really like to know the opinion of Sergio and Andre on this, and also where where they are from, because I don't know which city they are, they are from. Let me just also add um, that uh, that's, that's why I, I was partnering also with Ithport, so doing the bridge between uh, Lisbon and uh, the Portuguese ecosystem. Let's say, because uh, as you said, we are a bit separate on there, but uh, we are all working together. And uh, at least one of our main targets, it's also that to to join the, the whole ecosystem. Uh, and you, you referred Algarve. I met, uh, I think it was, uh, they were from Faro and they had a project to build a, a co-working space for digital nomads in Faro. Uh, and they wanted to organize Web3 events there. So I think it can be really interested, interesting for you, Luis. Maybe I, I will try to to search their contact or, or see um, the, their information. Uh, but I know they were from Faro and they had the support uh, of, of the, the local government there. Right? So it, it's interesting because they have a lot of foreigners working remotely there. Uh, in, and even in the summer, uh, last year, we had two meetups uh, in Algarve. I was there on vacation and then just decided, well, let's keep up with the meetups. And uh, I just organized their two meetups that went uh, well. So this year, probably, we can do something similar. And uh, and uh, we we can speak later on that, but maybe uh, Andrea, join us. Uh, what's your opinion? 
about the Portugal ecosystem and um, what what you think about uh, what we are speaking of yeah i'm uh, i'm i'm uk based um i've probably spent um the last year or so traveling around quite a bit um uh, been to the states uh, for consensus uh, cosmoverse a few a few other events across there um but i've probably been to lisbon almost as many times as i've been to london to be honest um lisbon is a really vibrant uh, web3 ecosystem um don't get me wrong london's great but i think there's a lot of people that that talk but don't actually build in london um there are some great builders in in london don't get me wrong but there are also um there are also a lot of people that are are just talking about being in web3 um or building projects um, when actually they're not so Whereas I found in Lisbon, you've got a lot of fantastic builders and it's really started to attract some, uh, a lot of talent from not just Europe, but globally. Uh, every time I've been across there, I've met with people from all different corners of the world um, that have uh, been digital nomads and have found themselves a real home in Lisbon or in Portugal. Um, so, yeah, I'm obviously UK-based, but spending more and more time across there. I was over there at Neocon, actually uh, met with Sergio over there. The, the, the the terror um survivors had a had a catch up while we were there and went for a went for some ramen um just to just to reminisce over the crash itself um in fact i've just spotted in the uh, in the audience this is like a this is like a reunion we've got terror spaces we've got the amazing uh finn at terror spaces in there who um if we're talking about community what a guy he's um he started off um, kind of supporting the terror community, recording a lot of the spaces, editing it, uh, and pulling it all together. And now he's expanded into different ecosystems. So uh, yeah, just uh, just props to terror to Finn at Terror Space and everything you do. Um, you know, I think a lot of what we talk about is building community. You've, you've, you're doing that exactly that with this community that you've built um, with based in, in Lisbon um we've been trying to do that with decentralize as well and it's about you know really building that community interacting providing value um and i think that that's probably one of the big things that attracts um talent from web 2 or the legacy world into web 3 is this real sense of community that we're doing something for the for the greater good um whether that's and and don't think that really matters what sector you're in whether you're in the music sector or whether you're in publishing or real estate or or um software development we all know that the power of blockchain technology can improve almost every single sector um so what we're trying to do is build these communities that are attractive to people um in the in the legacy world space um and that's our job where the early pioneers um i know we it's one of those cliched sayings that we're still so early but we really are we're in such a minority of people on the planet that are working in this particular um, sector at the moment. Um, so we've got to, you know, we've got to pave the way and we've got to help attract that talent by providing a community, providing the support network and hubs like Lisbon really do do that. They really are a, a centerpiece for Europe for attracting global talent and uh, bringing in the top, top talent from different sectors to help build out um, the Web3 space. So, just props to to everybody that's involved in the in in Lisbon's um, growing Web three community. I found it an incredibly easy place to get around, fantastic place to connect, great networking events, 
um, fantastic community outside of Web3 as well. So it's, it's cheap and easy for most people in Europe to get to. I think it's got an awful lot going for it. And, um, you know, when you've got people like we've got on the panel today that are building fantastic products um, and infrastructure for the future of Web3, I think it's, um, it's a bright future. Yeah, the, the community is growing a lot, even with this bear market and uh, the start of regulation in the country. We are seeing even more and more. Of course, some of them left, right? But we are we are seeing a lot a lot more coming in, and also more companies and bigger companies that the the regulation gave a certain security of of work and operation in the country. So we are we are feeling that. And it's amazing to see that the, the government is willing to, to hear the community and the proposals. So we are, we are working towards it to, to support the community and to, to be welcoming uh, for everybody here. You know? And it's, it's not only that, but we have a lot more going on, like the, the sunny days, the weather, uh, then the, the cheap cost of living, you know, so there, there is really a lot um, from the upside of, of Lisbon and Portugal. And one of the things that is, it's good to see is that not only Lisbon, right? We, we are supporting people that are going to live in the middle of Alentejo. They, they arrive with the family and go live in the middle of nowhere, right? Uh, and they are happy and they work remotely. So it's really amazing to see. Uh, this this type of relocations and i think it gives a lot of value to the to the country itself right so yeah, i'm very happy to to receive all the the community and i think all so we are not the only web2 community in lisbon right but i think all the communities that uh, exist here they are all a bit different and they specialize in different areas or with different targets. And I think it's really good to see the, the collaborations that we have been doing in the different types of events. And that, that's one of the reasons that has been so, so valuable uh, for, for everyone that is coming to Portugal or just visit us during the, the main events. No. Now, Sergio, uh, maybe you can share uh, a bit about your opinion on this the Web3 community in Portugal, and your thoughts. Yeah, sure. So uh, it's actually funny. Um, so I, I was born and raised in Lisbon. Uh, I The only place I ever lived outside of Lisbon was in Brussels uh, between 2018 and uh, 2021. Um, and uh, what what brought me to, to, to Portugal was the, the, the fact that I opened the company uh, while servicing all of the, the terror projects uh, and had to hire a ton of people. And because most of my uh, like uh, human network uh, was in Portugal, uh, most of my, my, my friends and people I knew and that could connect me to the people that I needed to hire was all in Portugal. Uh, so it just, I mean, if I'm hiring a bunch of Portuguese people, might as well just have a portuguese company anyway uh and it doesn't it didn't really make sense for me to stay in brussels uh, at that point uh 
And actually, uh, just a quick fun fact, um, not really to the question, but <laughs> I, I, I tell this story uh, quite often, is that uh, we opened our Lisbon office the same day that Terra crashed. Um, so we, we had our cake, we had everyone from our staff here. Uh, we were all uh, with the mindset of celebrating uh, and we actually had to transform uh, this into a war room, um, at least for the people that could do anything. Of course, the developers couldn't do anything else, uh, but we did. Uh, I contacted all of the founders uh, on Terra to, to get them in, a, in the Telegram group and decide what the fuck we're going to do next. Uh, and we set up this uh, really well-built discord server with a bunch of uh permissions and rules and for the founders and the co-founders and the developers and everything so that we could have this kind of sense of meta governance um, and so on so just a, a fun story <laughs> that happened uh well you know the fun of course within the within the chaos um but yeah anyway um i i think i only started connecting more with the local uh, Lisbon community, or or even the Portuguese community, uh, after after Neocon. Uh, so as as Andy mentioned, uh, that's where I I met him uh, um, physically, uh, and I also met a lot of people. And I started noticing that um, Lisbon wasn't just uh, like. You know, you know, you have always a sense of bubble when you're you're in a place like, for example, if I'm in Brussels, I'm obviously always going to hear people saying that Brussels is amazing because that's where you are surrounded with. Um, but seeing all of these Web3 events uh, like Neocon, uh and all the meetups uh, and everything else happening in Lisbon and then seeing that compared to other European cities, you really do get to notice how different it is uh so um i also we um we did have a portuguese client at some point uh zarta um that was was really nice to to work with them uh, they have an interesting project um of course web3 related as well um and basically that's when i started looking more towards where I was <laughs> so Lisbon and Portugal, uh, whether um, in comparison to to looking outside, because one of the things I really like about Web three, and I'm digressing a little bit here, uh, is the fact that uh, crypto knows no borders. Um, that's something I I really love, and I resonate with this so much because as I was growing up, internet was allowed me to to make friends uh i was never really popular at school um which i think is pretty common for a nerd guy right so i think uh, at least some of us have relate uh relate to that at least uh but the internet it broke the borders uh so at, at some point i was talking with people from across the globe in australia and in the us and somewhere in africa and in europe it really didn't matter we we're playing games runescape world of warcraft that's what matters uh, we're there to to have some fun. Um, and in crypto, we're here to build the future of finance. Uh, and that's what we're all here for. Um, so, yeah, my focus has always been, you know, out, outside, not specifically because I don't want to look inside, just because I don't really care about the concept of borders. But I also do think it is important to know, you know, the people that you are 
close with so that you can uh because having a real human connection face to face for the meetups and everything and the events it's also important it makes you feel more real not so digital um the digital knows no limits uh there is an infinite space uh on the metaverse and so on um but it is important to feel the human connection with people um so yeah i only just recently started um connecting with people more locally in regards to algarve and porto one of the things that i do know uh which i think is 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 quite interesting and exciting is that in algarve you literally have half of the of the population i'm not even joking here literally half of the population are foreigners so when you go to a store people by default talk with you in english it's like you're not even in portugal and i find this really interesting um i i've been to faro and 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 Albufeira and a bunch of other places in algarve and it's 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 a really interesting phenomenon to watch and i think that makes it that much more um friendly for for foreigners of course you know regardless you can go to porto and lisbon and most people will talk english anyway um just the, the portuguese population in general um can, can understand english at least uh, maybe not in alentejo <laughs> uh but uh or, or you know most most of uh, alentejo uh but definitely the big cities portal portal garden lisbon that's that's for sure um so it could definitely be something interesting to do especially during the summer because that's just uh, an, an enormous hot spot I'm sure a lot of people that will come to Portugal for the first time because of those events will be like, oh shit, this is really nice. Uh, I could actually live here instead of just coming here on vacation. Um, and actually, uh, there, there was a team, uh, XDeFi, they, they have a wallet. Uh, and I, I know that they had uh, this, this villa uh, in Algarve uh, at some point. And they don't have it anymore, but they, they were there for like over a year. Um, so I, I, I figured and that was quite interesting. You just fly off, uh, this team to, to somewhere that they can work remotely, but together. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, um, <laughs> regarding Porto and Bagot, I don't know anything. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's it. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's good to, to know because, um, it happens a lot, you know, uh, some, some companies, uh, and that, that's something we also want to explore, like supporting um, companies uh, to, to stay a period of time in Portugal. Uh, normally, they, they do it near uh, major uh, Web3 events, uh, normally during the, the blockchain month in November, or... Uh, any other big event ha happening in the city, uh, they reunite with the with the team and stay for like one week or two weeks together uh, in some uh, in, in some spot to co-live, uh, co-work all together, brainstorm and um, team building, and that's one of the, the things that we we also would like to 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 start doing. Uh, we have. Uh, partners in that sense that have the, the space and also other co companies that can support in in some other ways and i think portugal is it's perfect to to something like that to because um, not, maybe in lisbon it's a bit more expensive 
but in Algarve, uh, renting a spot for the whole year, so not only during the summer, but the whole year, will be much, much cheaper. Um, and the, the, the environment is it's very healthy, let's say. Uh, so for sure, the, the workflow would uh, go uh, very smoothly. Uh, and uh, I think that the companies are seeing this, this opportunity. And uh, I'm speaking with, with some of them, trying to, to explore this side, because it can be a real, real opportunity also, you know, both for companies and for our country, as also the, the interaction within the, the ecosystem. And um, let's see. I was I was thinking <laughs> I was thinking about something else to <laughs> to add up, but uh, no no I forgot. But uh, uh, re regarding the, um, the ecosystem in in Portugal, you know, it's it's really amazing to to see the the growth um, and um, and all everyone coming together to to contribute to eco to the ecosystem, and I think now is the time where we we can see who really is adding adding up to to the ecosystem right so I, i'm very happy to to have these uh, twitter spaces about the portuguese ecosystem to know the speakers to connect also try to do uh, some live collaborations you know it's really interesting uh, to hear the builders like what what is actually happening with the tech not only speaking about the price and uh, let's say the that side of the web three space, but uh, it's really good to to hear with what are you working on and uh, what will be the next big thing uh, within within the space. And I'm very happy to to have you guys here uh, speaking with us. Uh, I don't know if if he, any of you want to to add something else. Uh, and we are also open to questions from the from the listeners. So if you want to participate, just uh, send some emojis or a request to speak. Uh, that I will. I will. Yeah, Andre, please share your thoughts. Yeah. Um, just while we wait for some questions to come in, I just thought I'd add a touch of balance that every time, bar one that I've been to Lisbon, it, it has rained. And um, I have also fallen flat on my ass when I've been walking the streets of Lisbon in that rain. So um, just a fair warning for anybody that wants to go out there. Um, females don't wear high heels and gents watch, the way, watch where you step because I was making a dash down to Neocon and ended up flat on my back uh, down the cobbled steep streets of Lisbon. So um, it's not all... Uh, you know, sunshine and rainbows out there. There is <laughs> there is a downside to, to Lisbon, but um, all jokes aside, I think that you know that the the fact that you're attracting things like Neocon, ETH, um, ETH uh, events, um, you've got a number of major blockchains and uh, events planned for not only this year but next year is a real testament to to what's been built in Lisbon and the and the quality of the projects that are there. Um, so yeah, that was it. I was just wanting to to add a bit of uh, <laughs> a bit of balance there to uh, to Lisbon that uh, I have experienced a bit of rain. No, thank you. <laughs> the interesting story, of course. We there is there is always a a, a downside, you know. 
Um, but uh, regarding the events I actually can share, um, we are we are actually having in May a blockchain week. Really interesting, as ETH Global changed the location to Lisbon. Uh, we are seeing a lot of uh, side events popping up. Um, I'm supporting some of them, so it will be one one big one that can be interesting for the community. Uh, we are also looking for for speakers and sponsors. Uh, it will be at uh, Nova Business School, so it's one of the biggest universities here in Lisbon. Um, the the university is really new. So it, it's near the beach. It's an amazing spot for events. The, not only meetups, but uh, big events. Uh, I'm talking about uh, an event for 400 people. Uh, we'll have talks, really interesting. Uh, and it will be the day before uh, East Global. Uh, there are other uh, interesting events about VCs, uh, connections with the government. Um, that I, ca I can also share uh, with the community. Uh, th there are some of them are not public yet, uh, but I will share further uh, whenever possible. Uh, and then after May, we'll have June and July. June with the non-fungible conference about NFTs, huge event. Also, Epic Web3 conference uh, about VCs. Uh, startups and network. I think this is even to be really interesting. Uh, then later on, July, Blockchain 3000, uh, all about uh, Web3. Actually, it will be a big event also. Uh, and then uh, let's see about NearCon. Uh, no confirmation released yet, I think. So we don't know if you will have NearCon this year with us in Lisbon. But uh, later on, we'll have uh, the blockchain month with the Web Summit, uh, Ethereum Lisbon, hopefully uh, Solana Breakpoint, and of course, all major side events. Uh, last year, Protocol Labs through a week uh, of events from Protocol Labs. It was really amazing. Uh, every day they had a high value event uh, but uh, let's see let's see what happens this year it's really amazing to to see uh, thank you so much for the speakers for being here uh, we don't have any questions so uh, i will i will end the the spices thank you so much everybody for uh, taking the time to listen to us this is a weekly event so every friday i have uh, with us, uh, uh, awesome speakers to to share with us what are they building uh, and their contribution to the Web3 ecosystem. Uh, if any of you want to to say some last words, say goodbye to to the community, please. Yeah, I will just like to add that uh, during those Lisbon events, I'll also be there doing some workshops more technical stuff i know it's boring but if you want to come learn python smart contracts solidity whatever become a builder and a developer just drop by i'll be around and thank you francisco for hosting and thank you for the other speakers very interesting people and with amazing backstories yeah thank you guys really appreciate opportunity um credit to you guys for, for putting this on and uh, wishing you every success and look forward to catching up again in lisbon
same thing <laughs> as everyone else. Uh, thank you so much for, for hosting this uh, and hope to talk with you all soon. Thank you so much, everyone. See you next week. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was Lisbon and Web3, episode 10, hosted by Based in Lisbon. Recorded on Friday, March 31st, 2023. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, head on over to TerraSpaces.org slash donate and show some support now. Put your hands up like you got a couple questions. Ain't no misdirection, just a bunch of flexing. All aggressive, insane from all directions. Smoke blows in when I start a session. Blink canvas, blaze up the handlers. Rocking back and forth like I got the van stuck. Don't grind the clutch, mind your hush. Put your mask on and don't touch the antlers. Feeling untouchable when I'm on the verse. But in the universe, I'm just writing some words. Enticing these nerds while I'm laying out my memoirs. Like, remember when I had to fight the centaur? I'm a book nerd. Let me take you on the journey. Lost in the labyrinth, searching out the lost fern. For certain, got the taxes included. Acting like a writer, never felt secluded. Just another fixed game of try my luck Oh, lighten up, dog. It could always be worse Unless you're in the back of a hearse Then you're dead or putting in new speakers It's a toss-up, driver or just tweakers Don't stress, yo, I've done the research Living life like a bunch of fucking lemurs It's a remake, off the cutting floor We take a little bit of poison and put it in the cheesecake Tastes great, less filling Less stress, more killing As he blew the cornerstone out the building And the blocks came tumbling down all humble Feels like we're drowning in a little puddle Rebuttal, I should be taking off in the shuttle Getting high in space with the Hubble Spaces.